1: Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gomeno.com. That's podcastg Happy Thanksgiving. Happy
2: Thanksgiving, David.
1: So fun to be doing an episode and reflecting on that holiday because we both love that holiday. We do
2: love that holiday.
1: As we're talking about Thanksgiving, we are excited to be able to talk with you about gratitude and what it looks like to instill more gratitude into the kids we love. But before we do, we need to talk about the Thanksgiving table.
2: I was about to say, why do we really love that holiday, both of us, David?
1: (laughs) Because it's about gratitude and food.
2: (laughs) food. It's a great combo.
1: And on that note, what is your favorite food at the Thanksgiving table?
2: Chocolate meringue pie. Oh. Which is not always at the Thanksgiving table, but my sister. I was about to say,
1: that's not at my table. I know. My my sister and I are trying to make sure it
2: is. Yeah. Really, you know, piled high meringue.
1: Mm. So because that's not at my table, will you bring me a piece? Nope.
2: We eat all the... Yes, I will. We'll make two and bring you a little bit. What's your favorite?
1: Mine is dressing,
2: or as some people call it, stuffing. How do you make it? Because I think there's a northern dressing and a southern dressing. I may be offending people in one region or the other. Cornbread?
1: Yes. The magic ingredient in stuffing for me is cornbread.
2: Do you put sausage in it?
1: You know, we don't, but I know some people who do. This is a recipe that... Belong to my grandmother, passed down to my mother, passed down to my sister. So we no one else in the family is interested in touching it because my sister has perfected it. And Wow, so,
2: I'll bring you some pie if you'll bring me some stuffing. Deal. Okay. Deal. I love that plan.
1: So we're really grateful for pie and stuffing. And yes, we want to talk wow. about other things we're really grateful for with you today. But I think before we talk more about how to instill gratitude, I'd love for you to talk some about what gets in the way, what blocks gratitude.
2: Well, I think there are quite a few things that block gratitude. One is I can remember years ago, one of the most ungrateful kids I probably have ever seen, which is terrible, came in to see me. Her mom brought her because she said she had just spent $5,000 on their credit card without asking. And this girl came in my office, and she had all kinds of attitude. Demanding would be the word I would use the most, probably to describe her. And she said, of course I spent $5,000. Why wouldn't I? And I remember bringing her mom and dad back in and saying to them, what have you used as a consequence with her? The mom said, we brought her to you. Which, obviously, we are not the ones to ward off this issue of entitlement with your kids. And we're going to talk even more about how to do that in the next episode. But entitlement, demandingness, is a huge impediment to gratitude for kids. And it is rampant culturally, among kids today. And so we want to be really aware of the things that we can do to offset that sense of entitlement, because I think entitlement can make kids ungrateful really probably like nothing else in their lives. And so we want to be really aware of that. And I want to say too, in the midst of that, that one of the challenges I've seen probably more in the last five years of counseling, David, I don't know what you would say about this, I think some of the most entitled kids I've seen have really the most well-meaning parents because these kids either have some kind of chronic illness or they are severely depressed or really anxious. And I think the parents have so given every bit of what they have to helping their kids grow and move forward and helping make sure their kids feel confident and loved and okay in the world that they have done everything for those kids. And so out of that, I think the kids don't see the world as any bigger than they are.
0: David, did you get your taxes finished? (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) What are you eating?
1: Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone.
0: Where did you get them?
1: Thrive Market.
0: Oh, how much do we love Thrive Market?
1: I could record an entire podcast about that topic.
0: You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from The Honest Kitchen.
1: I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on.
0: <laughs> from pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive.
1: Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online and then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver.
0: I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs.
1: Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks.
0: And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order?
1: I saved $32.
0: I saved over $12.67.
1: How much did Patches save?
0: (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am.
1: You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month.
0: Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give.
1: I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift.
0: That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG thrivemarket.com slash rbg.
2: And so that's part of why I want to talk really more about what we are in the next episode and even some of what we're going to talk about here. And kind of launching into that too, I think one of the other obstacles to gratitude is really anxiety. In the studies I read in writing these books on anxiety, one of the things I came across was that gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist. Gratitude shuts down anxiety. And so anytime we're taking anxious kids, and obviously, we don't want to just start off with a child who's struggling with anxiety. And y'all, obviously, in light of saying they can be more entitled, we want to listen to them. We want to do everything we can to help them. If you haven't heard the introduction, go back to it. Because we talk about helping kids understand that nothing is ever so bad in your life that you can't give. And so helping kids who are anxious to move towards a sense of purpose, which I'm just totally giving away Christmas episode because we are going to come back to that. But I think with kids who are anxious, giving them opportunities to talk and share, helping them find coping strategies, all those things are important, and then circling back to gratitude. And even as a family together, which we'll talk about some practical ways to do it in our intentional practices at the end, but definitely the entitlement, definitely anxiety, and then I would say just a lack of awareness which I think is part of what's happening in our culture. Melissa and I wrote a book called Modern Parents, Vintage Values, and we have a chapter on instilling gratitude in kids. And one of the definitions we give is that gratitude is a responsiveness to what you see, hear, and feel. And you all, we're moving so fast and we're doing so much that we don't see a lot. We don't hear a lot. We feel a lot, but it's not in response to what's around us often. It's just a response to what's happening inside of us. And so we wanna help kids and we're gonna talk more about that too, but we wanna help them move past all of these obstacles to gratitude. And and really maybe that can start with some of the science behind what's going on. Will you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, we love talking with kids about how it changes our brains and bodies. And, and you all who were with us on the last episode heard us talk about how breathing and movement can impact anxiety and depression. And the science behind gratitude is fascinating as well. In fact, gratitude stimulates the hypothalamus, which is a key part of the brain that regulates stress. And also the ventral tegmental, I believe I said that, that correct. That is impressive. We'll see. I'll consult a neurologist on that. That part of the reward circuitry that produces the sensation of pleasure. And so it really is another practice that can reset the brain and in some extraordinary ways. And I challenge a lot of kids, well, in two ways. One, I will challenge them to see gratitude as a practice and not a feeling. I love that. Treat it like exercise and I don't know about you, but exercise is not always something that I want to do or I feel like doing, but I know it's good for my body. I know it's good for my heart and my brain. And so to treat it like exercise in that way and to know, too, you know, like with exercise, like we know we get all these feel good chemicals that release in our body as a result of moving our bodies. And the same is true with the practice of gratitude. I think the feelings follow the action. I think it was Anne Lamont who said one time I love, she said, if you want to have loving thoughts, do loving things. Mm. And I think that's so connected to this idea. But
2: And Mother Teresa, he talks about small things, yes. that they don't have to be huge things.
1: Yes. And if you'd love to even go a step farther into that, we love the great folks at Soul Pancake. They brought us all those amazing videos with kid president, and have produced such great content. I feel like families can use in so many different ways. And they have a, a great short video called The Science of Gratitude, where a teenager explains a study that was done in really manageable ways, and then they have kind of a visual of it. And basically, I'll walk you through it because you could do this easily at home. They brought in all of these subjects and gave them a happiness quiz, and then they had each person... Think about someone in their life that they were grateful for, someone who'd had an impact on them in some way, and then had them write a letter to that person. And then what they did, surprised these folks, is had them pick up the phone, call the person, and read the letter to them, and then gave the quiz to them again. And you can probably imagine what was Mm. seen. Every person elevated their score. After just going through the process of thinking about someone you're grateful for, writing down why you're thankful for them, and then the folks who actually got the person on the phone, like they didn't have to leave a message, but they could read it to them. And it's beautiful to even watch the video of what it was like for each of those person to share those thoughts. Their score's Went up significantly, and the person who I think was the least happy ended up being the most happy at the end. Mm. And so it's just all a snapshot of everything we've been discussing of how gratitude really changes us.
2: It makes me so teary to hear you say that because I don't know if I've even told you this that the last two years at Thanksgiving, I've done that exact thing based off those videos with my girls' groups. And so they had to pick someone that they hadn't communicated. We didn't do the happiness quiz, but. I had them pick a person that they had not expressed to how grateful they were for them and didn't tell them what they were going to do and had them write a letter and then said, now I want you to call them. And they did it in front of the group. And... Obviously, we're in such a cool position to do something like that, because I remember one of the girls I had met with her mom the week before. And of course, these are adolescents, so no parent of an adolescent knows that your kids are grateful for you. It's just the deal. And this mom was crying in my office saying, my daughter is so difficult. I think she hates me. And I knew when she wrote the letter to her mom, her mom was just going to flip. And so I got to sit and witness these kids. One called her grandmother. One called a sibling she hadn't talked to that was in college. One called her mom. I mean, all these different people. One girl had a single mom and she called her and she said, I never have acknowledged to you how hard you work Mm. alone to make life work for us and all the things you do for us. And I mean, it was so powerful. And those kids were so mad at me at the outset when I said, you're going to call. And they were so grateful. And then, of course, I heard from a lot of the parents afterwards of just what it meant to them. Now, that's not to say you could say to your kids, we're going to do this exercise at home, especially if you have teenagers. You probably could pull it off under the age of, what do you think? 10, 11, but older ones call your youth tractor or call a teacher, plant a mole somewhere that could do the same exercise with them. But it was such a beautiful thing.
1: Yes. And even with younger kids, for parents out there listening to have toddler age kids, we are such advocates of kids who can't even write letters drawing pictures to give to their teachers at the end of the school year, to volunteer coaches who are coaching their soccer and basketball and flag football teams. Like, Be so intentional of the importance of kids writing notes or drawing pictures and thanking those folks who are part of their lives in significant ways.
2: I got a graduation announcement from a kid this year. It was a picture on the front and the back was just all about how grateful she was for me being in her life throughout high school. I mean, I just have never gotten anything like that. And I don't know if her parents prompted her or not knowing them. They likely could have. But yeah, I mean, any of those opportunities to remind other people.
1: Thank you notes are not just good manners. I mean, for everything we're discussing today, like it's it's a practice that is a game changer. Sissy, Melissa, and I love to link arms with other like-minded friends who are working to strengthen families. That's why we are so thrilled to be partnering with Minnow to bring you the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. Minnow is a streaming service designed just for kids, but it's so much more than that. Minnow not only provides meaningful screen time, but also shared experiences through devotionals and discussion guides for families to help you grow in life and faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.goMinno.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot.
1: In addition to those ideas, we'd love to talk about some other intentional practices we could be about, not just in this Thanksgiving and Christmas season, but all year long. Will you throw out an idea?
2: Well, I definitely think helping kids move towards a sense of giving, which again, we'll talk more about in our. Christmas episode, but in that, I think, and even thinking about people who are in need at this time, and so thinking about kind of giving at a micro level and a macro level, so giving locally, domestically, and even internationally, and as a family thinking about finding somebody maybe who's been homebound recently who hasn't been able to get out and that lives in your neighborhood and going to rake leaves for them, domestically helping build a habitat house, something that you could do that feels safe in the midst of what we're going through right now as a country. But what can you do to give in that way as a family to go together and experience and have a sense of shared purpose? I think there's nothing that brings unity like a sense of shared purpose. And then internationally, what can you do Across the globe to give to a child to help make a difference in some place like that and to help your kids have that experience, I think will not only increase their gratitude, but ward off that sense of entitlement too.
1: I was thinking about that idea bridging so many things we've talked about it. i love how many families adopt kids through world vision or compassion and then have the kids write letters yes. to their child they're corresponding with and bringing a lot of the ideas we've been talking around another one that we'd recommend we do this in our offices often with kids is creating a gratitude album and for any kids who have a device an ipad or an iphone they can or they can make a real live one absolutely no they can. screens included Old school pictures. There you go. And find pictures, pictures of people, pictures of places, pictures of experiences that bring about a sense of gratitude for you. And Putting those into an album together, and it's fascinating to me all the different ways I've encouraged families to even think about using this. I have a lot of young children who are really nervous when they go to the pediatrician for a well visit and know they're about to get a finger prick or a shot, and so they'll take their gratitude album with them and
2: oh, that's great! Slide their
1: finger through their mom's phone while they're getting do that. the Next finger time prick. I get my blood drawn absolutely because they remember it's doing something in my brain that's combating this fear, and so. Thinking about all the different ways that this gratitude album could be used, but particularly kids who, you know, as they grow older, start to be aware of the alarms and sirens that go off inside of them when they're feeling a lot of sadness or a lot of worry and and using something like that on hand easily. What else?
2: Well, I think the last one would be just to make it a practice of stopping and listening. Like we're talking about, and my minister gave a sermon not too long ago how he talked about how we can get so frustrated that God doesn't move at the pace we want Him to. And so he talked about the importance of even driving through your neighborhood at 35 miles per hour versus five, and what you see when you drive through the neighborhood at five miles an hour, which can be a great thing to do with kids, and— what we would say in that is stopping and watching and listening and all those things. One of the practices that we do a lot with kids with anxiety are what are called grounding techniques. And anything that is sensory related is a grounding technique. And as a matter of fact, one of our favorite, we can just throw that out too. One of our favorite practices is five, four, three, two, one. So having kids say, five things they see, four things they hear, three things they feel, two things they smell, one thing they touch or whatever order. I get it backwards all the time, but whatever order you want to do. But the cool thing about driving through the neighborhood and doing that, or for example, you can sit around the table at Thanksgiving and rather than just, what are you thankful for this year or writing it down, but to say, tell me something you've seen that you're grateful for this year. Tell me something you've heard you're grateful for this year. Tell me something you felt that you're grateful for this year. And that not only creates more gratitude or reminds them of what they're grateful for, but it's also a grounding technique that can help if you have any anxiety around your Thanksgiving table about other family members. Not that anyone has that who's listening, but it can help with both. So thanks for joining us talking about gratitude. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving at your home and we will see you with some jingle bells soon.
1: See you soon. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gomeno.com. That's podcast.gominno.com.
2: It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.